This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. You're listening to Deep South Dining here on MPB Think Radio. I'm in the studio with my longtime buddy, Carol Puckett. How are you, Carol? Good morning, Malcolm. I'm doing just fine, and how are you? I am great. It's been a lo- it was a long and uh, somewhat weary weekend. Did you have a good weekend? I had a very restful and wonderful <clears throat> weekend. Did a lot of fishing. Didn't catch anything. Fish aren't biting this time uh, of year. Fish are not. Fish are smart. They're yeah. laying low in the bottom of the lake. But you know, they don't call it catching. It's fishing. That's so right. there's a lot of fishing <laughs> before you catch. And how about you? Well, it's a long weekend. Uh, I attended Wells Fest on Saturday morning with my daughter Zita and her two children, my grandchildren, well, Wilder and Wren. We had a fine time, and Webb joined us for a little while, my son-in-law. We rode the ponies. We ate the food. Uh, we participated. We hung out with Raphael Sims backstage. Uh, Wren got on stage with a couple of acts and thought she was a musician. And then we went off uh, out to Whisper Lake uh, Golf Course, where we held our annual Hallamow's Oyster Open, where uh, we opened— It's for scholarships. It's Is a scholarship. Right? Culinary at, scholarships. You're so correct. We have two— culinary scholarships, one at Heinz Community College and one at Northeast Community College, where our father was president from 65 until uh, 87, and where Hal got a two-year degree in hotel restaurant management. And so we have a scholarship at Heinz and at Northeast, and this golf tournament and other things. uh, In fact, the uh, Gumbo Festival uh, in Jackson, downtown at Smith Park, also benefits our scholarship fund. So uh, we've been raising money and putting kids through uh, two-year programs. This year we're trying to do something very unique. When, when this graduate, Travis Adair, uh, when he finishes at Heinz, we're going to send him to the W to get a four-year Wow. It's the first time we've done the two plus two. So anyway, that's kind of what my weekend that was. That is a fine program. It's a nice program. At the W. We've hired, I mean, during, during my various career yeah. stops. <laughs> You've worked with the W. Wor- worked with the W and worked with uh, chefs who were trained at the W and teachers, professors. Now, yesterday at my humble abode on Gillespie Street, my wife Kara hosted a baby shower for 30 or 40 of uh her friends and Ellen's friends, and she prepared quite a feast. And one of the dishes that she cooked was a whole uh, beef tenderloin that she roasted. And her and her mother, Ann, were there, and they were looking for a sauce. And I said, hey, I've got an idea. What about the old cream horseradish sauce that they use in New Orleans to put on the broiled brisket of beef dish, which is very famous down there? So uh, I got out my old New Orleans cookbook. It uh, looks very, very old, tattered. <laughs> there are pages coming out. It, it's a well-worn cookbook. Uh, it was first published in 1975, reprinted in 76, and I picked up my copy in 1977. And the reason I know that is I wrote in the front of my book, 1977, New Orleans. Um, But this cookbook, the New Orleans cookbook, is out of print, but it's very valuable. It was written by Rima and Richard Collin. Uh, Richard was, for many years, the New Orleans underground gourmet. He was a food critic and published several cookbooks. But this one I love. And and so I got the cream horseradish sauce out. We'll put this on our website. But it's basically uh, 
prepared horseradish, Creole mustard, white wine vinegar, white pepper, cayenne, a bit of sugar, and some heavy cream. And it makes this beautiful dipping sauce, whether it's for the, the traditional New Orleans broil brisket or for this particular roasted uh, tenderloin, which was fabulous. That's going to be a great recipe for Thanksgiving, too. So we need, we need to keep that in mind. And what about you? What did you cook, eat, or prepare this weekend? Well, I cooked crawfish etouffee. I was just mm. hungry for etouffee. And after being in Russia and eating a lot of borscht last week, it was it was comfort food. Yeah. But the best dish I had this weekend was catfish gumbo. Oh, boy. Yeah, from the BTC Grocery in Water Valley, Mississippi. BTC Be the Change. Be the Change. Um, it, it's been there for a while now. Uh, it's certainly worth the stop. John and I like to go up to Oxford that way just so we can stop at BTC. But this catfish gumbo came out of their freezer, and it looked yeah, very appealing. So, you know, I tucked it away for uh, a day when I didn't want to cook on the weekend, and it was delicious. I I can't say it was a traditional gumbo because mm. it was not a roux-based oh, okay. gumbo. More of but, a stew um, or a soup? It had it had gumbo quality to it. Did it, it have had okra that, it had, or filet? It had a lot of okra. It has filet. It has white wine, black coffee, a can of Coca-Cola. It says it has to be Coca-Cola. Now, you know, my brother cooked with Coca-Cola. Did he really? And particularly in chilies and soups that had an acidic... Uh, a traditional broth. He would put a Coke in to offset uh, the acid. The little six and a half ouncer was his favorite to use. Wow. But I rushed right home and pulled out the cookbook that I have uh, from BTC. It's really one of my favorite cookbooks of the last 10 years. And I think I'll put this recipe on the website too, Catfish Gumbo. Well, I love a gumbo, and there are many kinds. And anybody who thinks there's just one kind of gumbo is kidding themselves. There are... A variety of thickeners. Gumbo is often and traditionally thickened by okra, which is the African word for gumbo. That's the reason it is called gumbo, okra. Uh, people use filet, which are the ground-up leaves of uh, the sassafras, sassafras tree. plant, yeah. Yeah. And other people just thicken it with traditional uh, reductions of, of seafood or, or pork or other chicken. My, one of my favorites is my brother used to make uh, a uh, andouille sausage and duck gumbo at Thanksgiving every year. And man, oh man, that was that a good soup. Well, one of my favorites was Leah Chase's gumbo zerb, Ooh. which was made, I think, with 13 different kinds of herbs and greens. The and green gumbo. Yeah, yeah. And and. Gumbo Zerb started when people didn't have any anything in their right. you know in their larder to make gumbo with. They used it was what really they had. a poor it was really a poor people's gumbo. And I think gumbo really is uh, uh, a soup, a way to clean out the refrigerator to use what you have. I mean, certainly if you set out to make seafood gumbo, you need seafood. If you want to make duck and andouille, you got to have duck and andouille. But if you just want to make a thickened, beautiful soup and add what you got 
that too. Leftover pieces of chicken or turkey. And there's a gumbo festival coming up here mm-hmm. in November. So we ought to do it's a the whole. Sixth, but I, I think can, it's I the ninth. Ninth. I'm sorry. I get my sixes and sixes nines. Sixes and nines so. backwards. But I think we should do a whole, whole show on gumbo. Yes, we should. And the gumbo festival, again, benefits the Harold T. and Hal White scholarship at Heinz Community College. It's downtown at Smith Park. Great music. Gumbo tasting contest, uh, a beautiful thing. Uh, and some other food events around the state. The Horn Lake Food Truck Festival uh, is coming up uh, on October 12th, and that's in Latimer Lake Park in uh, Saturday uh, uh, in Horn Lake. I love a food truck. Yeah, food trucks are everywhere these days, which is a good thing. Yeah, Mississippi was slow to get on the bandwagon, but once we did, we yeah. got it going. Then the 37th annual Chefs of the Gulf Coast Food and Wine Gala, Sunday, October 20th, at the Mississippi Gulf Coast Coliseum and Convention Center. Uh, this will offer gourmet food samplings from Gulf Coast restaurants and fine chefs and wine, as well as live music. Again, the 37th annual Chefs of the Gulf Coast, October 20th. That's a Sunday. And here's one I love, the Delta Hot Tamale Festival. You've been a speaker, a yeah. judge, all, all I, sort of things. I, I go every year. I'm going this year. Uh, it's October 17, 18, and 19. Uh, it's sponsored by the uh, Main Street Greenville. Uh, there is a literary mashup that Julia Reed organizes. There is a, 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 a tamale queen, crowning of the tamale queen goes on, tamales to eat. Uh, as well as other activities and fun for the family. Again, October 17, 18, 19 in Greenville, Mississippi, the annual Delta Hot Tamale Festival. I think it is so Mississippi to have a literary mashup with a hot tamale festival. It's just right. And she brings in some of just great writers. I know Calvin Trillin. He's coming. Roy Blunt Jr. He's coming. Okay. You know the you know yeah. the lineup. Uh, it's it's an A Bill it's an Dunlap, A lineup, and then they're uh, they're clowns like me. Who, but you know what I'm going to talk about is the liter, the the writers trail. So we're going after the literary mashup, which is on the Friday night. We're going outside at the E. E. Bass Center where the event is held, and we're going to unveil a Shelby Foot and a Walker Percy uh, writers trail marker at the conclusion of the event. So we're very excited about that. Yeah, I hope to join you. I hope you do. I hope you do. So that's uh, October 17, 18, and 19 uh, in Greenville, Mississippi, and lots of hot tamales to eat. You know, last year's hot tamale winner was actually from the coast. Hmm. Well, there you go. I know. They're they're from all over. Yes, indeed they are. All right, it's uh, time for us to take a little break here. We're going to uh, come back, and we've got two guests coming in. We've got uh, people from the Refill Cafe here in Jackson. We've got Emily Stanfield and Sharna Shields. Uh, Emily is the CEO of the Refill Concept Initiative, and Sharna Shields runs the restaurant. We're going to talk about the mission, the food, the impact of this great, unique restaurant, cafe, and workforce training uh, initiative here in downtown Jackson. They'll join us. We hope you will too. You can pick up your phone and dial one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 
or shoot us an email to food at MPB online. We can talk about tamales. We can talk about horseradish sauce. We can talk about the refill cafe. We can talk about catfish gumbo or anything your little hearts desire, but we will talk. Hello, I'm Nisha Marin, author of Sugar Run. I'd love it if you would check out my podcast with Right On Mississippi at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. It's Malcolm White with Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Hello, Mal. How on earth are you? I am so good this morning. Just another hot Mississippi day. Yeah, it's hot, but it's got to turn eventually. It can't go on forever like this. What do you oh. Think? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in this segment, well, actually, for the remainder of our show, we're going to have in our studio two very special guests from the Refill Cafe. They are Emily Stanfield, CEO. Emily, welcome. Thank you. So nice glad to be that here. you are here. I know you've been making the rounds. You've been on TV, radio. <laughs> and Sharna, too. And Sharna, too. Also, Sharna Shields, who is the manager of the restaurant, the cafe. And I certainly have a lot in, in common with Sharna. We both have run food establishments. So, first of all, if I, I guess, Emily, if you would kind of tell our listeners what the Refill Cafe is and its mission and, and where it is and what's going on there. Sure. Uh, the Refill Jackson Initiative, uh, we began over the summer, really. We've been in the planning phase for a couple of years, but really started our work um, July 29th, actually, and then opened the restaurant in late August. But our mission is to empower young adults ages 18 to 24 so that they are more confident, better equipped, and motivated to enter into, navigate, and stay in the workforce. We chose all of those words very intentionally uh, because we know that it requires skills, motivation, and confidence to get and then keep a job and then also learn how to, to navigate the workforce. Keep your boss happy, stay in that job, but also move up if you want to seek a promotion or a, a different kind of job. Um, so we do classroom instruction on site uh, where, where members, our program participants who we call members, learn soft skills that, are, that will benefit them in the workforce, everything from team building, cooperation, being motivated within yourself, uh, to financial management and how to build a resume, how to interview well, how to search for jobs online, how to network with other people uh, to, to find job opportunities. Um, and then they put those skills into practice in the cafe, which uh, Sharna can talk about. Um, but we are not a restaurant training program. We believe that a restaurant is a good first job for a variety of reasons that, that Sharna can discuss. And Sharna, before we talk about the, the cafe restaurant, let's, let's tell our listeners where the Refill Cafe is. So the Refill Cafe is where the old Quantania Coffee House used to be off the JSU Parkway. So it is at 136 South Adams Street in Jackson, Mississippi, like pretty much one block up from where the Iron Horse is if you're coming straight from Pearl Street. And it's open for lunch? Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. No nights, no weekends, just Monday through Friday for lunch. But one could, I'm asking, could rent the place for a special event. Is that correct or not? We are working on making sure that we can get special events for um, our guests if they would like it. All right. So let's let's talk about the Refill Cafe, what you serve, how it operates. You're the manager, right? Yes. Are you the food 
manager? I mean, are you front and back of house? I am the cafe manager, so that is front and the back of the house. Okay. So I have a permanent staff of, right now I have six employees, and we cycle the members through the cafe. So every five weeks, um, the members come downstairs. So they do five weeks upstairs, five weeks downstairs uh, in the cafe. And what we're teaching them is, first, we're going to try to be on time. Yeah, uniform, something that uh, employees are talking about, not being on your phone mm. while you're at work. That's something now hard that, for the youth to put down there. Where that's it's hard a challenge. For an adult. Right. So we're trying to get those habits instilled in you uh, coming back from time on break. And they are working with our staff hands-on. So we're teaching them confidence, teamwork, also working independently and having confidence in yourself. So you get to do a little bit of everything. When you're in the back of the house, you're washing dishes you're doing mm. prep you're making homemade salad dressings from scratch you're making our chicken salad um for our chicken salad sandwiches doing inventory um everything that the back of the house does and in the front of the house you're going to do cashier you're going to do our expo which is running food to table you're going to do busing tables and a lot of guest interaction in the front because i want them to go to the tables and be confident enough to give eye contact and say, hi, my name is, is there anything else that I can get you? And thank you for supporting our mission. And go ahead, uh, Well, Sharna, what is your background? So uh, for the past probably 10 years, I've done hospitality manager restaurants. So server all the way to general manager. So I've been a server at a few restaurants at uh, Burgers and Blues, Saltine, uh, Bravo recently. And then at Burgers and Blues, I was a manager. I was a general manager at Saltine. And then Jeff found me and told me about this program and an opportunity that I didn't want to pass up. So I worked at Bravo until it came into fruition. And then I took the job as the restaurant manager. And Jeff is Jeff Good. Yes. Partner in... Bravo, Broad Street, Salamookies. And he is the chair of our board. Um, So he has really spearheaded this for the past couple of years with our colleague Jordan Butler, who's the vice president of education and training. Um, They really took this uh, starting two years ago with a Kellogg planning grant, started uh, putting plans together for how the program would implement. I came on board later to, to give some structure and um, management to the entire operation. Um, but Jeff is also joined by um, other board members like Carol Berger, who ran the United Way for a long time. So we're fortunate to have a, a good, um, good, good board of directors. And who teaches the soft skills? Well, they get most of that when they're in the classroom setting because there's attendance policy that we have. You have to be there at a certain time. Um, You have to come back from breaks on certain times. So that is an ongoing thing throughout the whole process. You can only have so many tardies, so many absences. So that is basically getting you disciplined to be in a regular workplace, getting you disciplined to getting up, being on time. That's in the commitment that you also have to make to the 10-week program that you're going to be there and you're going to be there on time. And is there one person that leads the upstairs part of the program or do you call on the skills of different people? Uh, We have an amazing team. So as Emily said, Jordan Butler is our VP of education. We have a social worker that is on hand, uh, Betsy Smith, and we also have a career coordinator, Ms. Amber Parker, that deals with them after they leave the cafe, getting them internships with uh, local, local businesses. And where do your students come from? Are they uh, recruited or are they 
pipelined in from certain sources? Where yeah. do you find them? So they're, they're, they are recruited. Um, they come to us from different social service organizations around the city who are already working with young adults in our target population, which is ages 18 to 24 who aren't working, who aren't in school. Um, so that's everywhere from Operation Shoestring, who mainly focuses on children, but those children have parents, aunts, and uncles, uh, to the Salvation Army and um, Good Samaritan, Families First, Methodist Children's Home, Southern Christian Services, so a wide variety. We, we're very fortunate um, that all of the nonprofits in Jackson have been very welcoming to us and that, we, that we're all working together um, to help families, basically. Uh, so they come to us. Uh, we have an informational session that, that everyone must attend, um, and then they sign up for an interview slot where they are interviewed one-on-one by a staff member where we try to assess um, a few different points, but mostly their confidence, motivation, ability to work with others, um, and their transportation to see if if they'll be able to get there and if they're motivated to to get through the program transportation is a big issue with jobs for young people huge issue um we've seen it just in this uh cohort alone we are in week 10 of the 10-week training program so we're about to graduate our first class which is very exciting um but uh, there were many who had to be unfortunately dismissed from the program because of transportation issues. So it's it's something we're thinking long-term about. What are our solutions going to be? Because if we are training young people to get into the workforce, but they don't have access to transportation, how are they ever going to get out of the cycle that they're in without a big, a big shift? So we're going to need to help them with that. And we're looking into transportation options that we can control um, and then moving them into being able to purchase a car and being able to manage that loan. But that's a very long-term process uh, that, that we're looking into. How many are in your first graduating class? So we started with 10, um, and we are going to graduate three, which we're very excited about. These young people have um, come to us with a wider range of um, challenges that they're facing in their lives, uh, from the transportation issue to having not graduated from uh, high school, from not having a very secure family life. Um, one is coming out of foster care where his, his mother had asked him to leave her home when he was 12 or 13 years old. Um, so he's trying to find his way in life. There's another who's a young parent, um, a young woman who wasn't able to, to graduate from high school. So uh, they are all very excited about their next step, which is a paid internship um, in areas that they're very interested in from auto detailing to working at a salon to going into the food industry. Um, and so we're very excited that local businesses saw what we were doing, bought into our mission, want to support our mission, and want to support these young people. Are the members paid during their time? They at are Rayfield? paid. Yes, so they're paid from the very beginning. We want them to begin to learn that time spent somewhere is equal to money, so they do get paychecks um, and are incentivized to save money as well. Now, Sharna, all of these students uh, they end up uh, interning or working in the cafe, right? Correct. Even though some of them, some of them will not go into the hospitality industry, Correct. it's their piece of their tr- their education is actually working in a cafe. Correct. Uh, I believe that if you can work in a restaurant, you can pretty much work ev- anywhere. So uh, because, amen to that. Right. So, <laughs> so I mean, dealing with guests, you're going to deal that 
do with that any job that you have being on time is important for any job teamwork is important on any job following direction so we're just basically getting that instilled in them over the five weeks that they're in there so that they can take that into internship really letting them know hey you might not like cooking we understand that they don't spend the whole time in one part we rotate them the first two weeks we put them in the front of the house or back of the house and then we swap them and then we actually give them the opportunity to pick where they want to be for the last for the last time so they don't have to spend the spot in hope one time and they get both aspects. And I realized that that you're preparing them for jobs not just in the cooking field but mm-hmm. you know, a job in the, in the cooking profession is portable. You can do it in and out, you know, during your life. And yeah, I mean, I think it's a great skill. It's funny the people that I didn't think would like it are the ones that absolutely love it. And (laughs) I mean, they were like, "I don't want to do this." And next thing you know, they're like, "Well, can I get a job here when I'm done? Can I do my internship here? I don't want to leave you." I was like, "No, you didn't want to stay at first, but after (laughs) after they get into it, it gets in your veins, which is why you probably understand, Malcolm, that it." is something that you're going to keep doing for the rest of your life like it's it's in you yeah it's a lot like nursing it's it's very uh, transferable uh it's it's about empathy and sympathy Mm -hmm. and service and working uh, under stressful conditions Mm -hmm. it's not life and death but um it is. It, it feels critical. like it sometimes <laughs> when you're in the weeds. And <laughs> I the line is back feel up. like life and death. <laughs> now, uh, can you share of the three graduates where they will be placed or what jobs that they've gotten or not? So we have a young man. Um, he is going to Golson Auto Detailing. He's very mm-hmm. excited about that. And they're excited about the partnership, too. They're planning to come to the graduation on Thursday and present him with his uniform, which we're very excited about that symbolic gesture. Um, the young man who's interested in the food industry is going to Christ United Methodist to work in their big commercial kitchen. Oh, great. But a church is a great environment, too, because he'll be exposed to so many different things from the technical side and custodial and office and management. Um, and they're willing to show him all of that in addition to where he'll be stationed within the church. Um, and then the young woman, Anila, who is interested in, in doing hair and nails and going to cosmetology school is going to a local salon, which is great for her. She does it as a hobby. And now she'll be able to do it and get some experience professionally. Ah, that's great. And um, so, so of the graduates, the, the new class, they'll graduate this week. You said Thursday, Thursday, yes. and then the new class will begin when Monday. <laughs> so, are you full? Are you seeking us? Yes. So, our goal for this one was fourteen to sixteen, and I think we're up to ten or twelve now. Okay, so there's a few. Yes, there's a couple. And how would a person listening who might know a young person, 18 to 24, who's looking for a direction, how might they contact you, get in touch with you, perhaps enroll in your program? So they should reach out to us. They can reach out on Facebook or they can check out our website. You just Google Refill Cafe Jackson. Our our website's refillcafejackson.com and there's an interest form they can fill out and we'll be in touch. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue talking about the refill Uh, Jackson Cafe Initiative with Emily Stanfield and Sharna Shields, who's the manager of the Cafe Restaurant. We'll take your calls if you want to visit with our guest or talk to us a little bit about what's going on in your food world. If you have tips that you would like to seek out, recipes, any conversation about food, this is a food show and this is your show so call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four or shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org carol and i will be right back
Welcome back. This is Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with my great buddy, Carol Puckett. Hello, Carol. Hello, Mal. So good to see you. You say you had a good weekend, got big plans for this week. It's a Monday. I do have big plans for this week. I'm off to Oxford later in the week. What about you? I'm off to Santa Fe to a women's conference. Well, ain't that nice. I love Santa Fe. I've, you know, this will be my first time in Santa Fe proper, so I'm very excited. I'm very excited about eating there, and uh, hopefully I'll... Bring back some food news from Santa Fe. Well, they have the great opera. Well, they have the great opera there, and uh, they have the flamenco dancers uh, Benitez, who danced at Hallamau's during the IBC one year. Yeah, she's uh, in that area. Yeah, that was really great having flamenco dancers at at a restaurant, and and people loved it. They have, as you know, they have their own cuisine, and it's it's fabulous. And you will come back with peppers in your purse and, and recipes to cook. It's going to be outrageous. Okay. Well, okay. I'll report back in. Anyway. All right. So we are in the studio with two very special guests from the Refill Cafe, Emily Stanfield and Sharna Shields. Sharna, you grew up in Jackson or not? I did. I graduated yeah? from Jim Hill and. I won't give you the year. But That's okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you when I graduated either. Well, actually, I will. My 50th high school reunion is coming up in two weeks. And okay. mine will be coming up next summer. Ye old class of 69. Ye old class of 1970. We're as old as black pepper, as they say. But that's all right. Black old pepper is, is very valuable. Now, Emily, where did you come to us from are you local i did i grew up in madison went to madison central then went to Millsaps, and then moved away for grad school yeah that that's uh sort of the same story as jordan right because i think she told me she grew up in jackson went away she went to murrah then she went to sewanee and um um worked around the south and then came back to jackson as well all right yeah so, Shona, let's talk about the menu and the food uh, at the cafe. We've talked about the concept, uh, the big picture of, of, of what the initiative does and how it does it. And let's talk about the restaurant. Let's talk about the food from your perspective. And having eaten there, I will share with you what my perspective was. And I also attended the grand opening. And I will tell you, there were, I don't know how many people were there, but they were all out in the parking lot and almost out to the parkway. There, a huge crowd. Uh, beautiful ceremony uh, and a great opening. So let's talk about your food. You brought a menu. That's cool. Well, we don't have flamingo dancers. I do apologize (laughs) about that. But I do have an awesome, awesome staff. Um, We are more counter service, uh, similar to the Broad Street. So you'll walk up, um, place your order. We'll give you a number. You'll take a seat anywhere you like, inside or outside on our gorgeous patio. And we'll bring your food to you. very quick service, very friendly service. Um, we do sandwiches, salads, soups. We have a few de- desserts of the day. And what we're just trying to focus on is making sure that we get it right. My main mission as the manager is functionality and customer service. Um, I believe in treating people right, getting it right. If we make a mistake, um, owning up to the mistake and making sure that we correct it in a timely manner. Um, the food, from what I've been hearing and from my taste as well, is amazing. We have fresh, fresh salads, and the sandwiches are great. We make everything homemade. Mm-hmm. Um, so the salad dressings are like the freshest and the best thing ever. And then our 
pimento and cheese is amazing. Oh, uh, I didn't, I didn't try the. Pimento you didn't try cheese. the southern BLT. It's a BLT no, with pimento and cheese. You have got to try it. Well, you next time, uh, you can come today after the. Well, I, I went, <laughs> perhaps I will. I went last week, and Bill Ellison, the great uh, Bill Ellison from uh, here at MPB. Uh, he got the Cuban, and, That's and my he loved the Cuban. Uh, I got the bowl. I got the, um, the power bowl. The power. I got bowl. a power bowl okay. with the brown rice. Brown rice and can. And there's no rice. way you could remember this because there were a lot of people in there that day. But I got. I sat down, and and the young lady uh, brought us our food, and. On my power bowl, I'd ordered the grilled chicken. And you didn't have chicken, and, and I had was... to bring it out to you. And I went back to the kitchen, and I said, we cannot forget this chicken. I went back there and had them grill you up some fresh, and I bought it to you. But you were at the first table as soon as you walked in the door to your left. That is really good. Yes. Now, and that's a manager it. who is on top of things. Uh, and it was a manager has to have eyes I, everywhere, back right. of the house, front of the house. I try to remember, yes. But the staff was uh, incredibly friendly and efficient, and the place is clean and organized, and uh, everybody's in a joyful mood. Uh, the food was very good. Um, uh, the service is out, outstanding. Thank you. Um, and, and it was a very eclectic uh, group of, of patrons. I enjoy, I went around and sort of spoke to everybody in there, so I, because I knew them from other places, and uh, they, it was a very curious crowd of people who are mm-hmm. supporting you. So, but the food was was very good. The bowl had had some greens in the bottom, and it had some brown rice. And I'd ordered these sautéed vegetables, mm-hmm. which was it's sort of an option. Is that how the bowls work? Right. You sort so of build the power bowl, bowl uh, you can either get an all brown rice and quinoa base, or you can get half green salad and quinoa brown rice. You can choose one of the proteins, whether it's roasted veggies, chicken, or a steak on top. And then you have two additional toppings that you can get, whether it's Parmesan cheese, garbanzo beans, kohlrabi, stir fry, uh, or cucumbers that you can get as two additional toppings on there. So, yes. And well, it was it was terrific. And, and I really like seeing that you have three vegetarian options on the yes, menu. Yes, uh, the pesto veggie sandwich, mm-hmm. uh, the farmers market salad, and you can do the power bowl as a vegetarian. Yes, bowl. so your protein would be the roasted veggies on that. Yes, or the garbanzo beans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, we got a caller. Roger is calling in from Florence. I think he knows a little bit about the refill. Hey, Roger, what's happening? Well, I just thought you might. <clears throat> should have a voice coming from uh, the public to endorse what you've said. I, I'm enthusiastic, well, as you know, enthusiastic supporter of it. And from the beginning concepts, when Jeff uh, shared them with us at St. Andrews. Anyway, and I've eaten there a couple of times, and uh, I, know, I know that you're two guests and, uh, and you. And so uh, as a voice from the public, I just I hope somebody, I hope other people are listening and will go by there. And it's really simple. I'll endorse these directions that were given, but even more simply, just get on Pearl Street and go as far as you can go, and you'll see it. <laughs> Keep it simple, Roger. That, that works, and, and, that, and it's handy. It's easy to get mm-hmm. to. It's a wonderful place. It's fresh, clean, and nice, and that menu, I think, is, is outstanding. It's, it's not complex, uh, and I've had a couple of different things, and I'm looking forward to more. Anyway, a voice from the from the public and uh, I'm so proud of what you're doing and all of you all all three of you and, and everybody else so well thank okay. you thank you keep cooking thank keep you so much Roger. Right, bye. appreciate the call uh, that is there's a testimonial from someone in the public who seems to be involved in your project and I want 
to ask both of you about the menu development. How did the, how did the menu come about? Who helped? Um, what were you thinking? What was your goal when you were developing the menu? So Jordan came up with um, the idea that we wanted to serve healthy, fresh, delicious food, uh, bring something slightly different to the neighborhood. Uh, we also sell fruit water, so it's fruit-infused water. You can We sell it for a dollar a glass, um, but it's infused with what? Sort of mangoes, strawberry, blackberries, and yeah. lemons and limes. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, I had a glass of that. It was, it was terrific. Um, so we took that idea, and one of our board mem- members, Grady Griffin, works at U.S. Foods, and they have a great commercial kitchen out in, I guess, Brandon or Flowood. And um, the corporate chef there was able to really take it and say, well, this is what sells in the Jackson an area. Uh, this is what can be made easily available to you ordering wise and she really helped shape the menu into what it is and I think we arrived at a really good place where it, it captured our original vision of that healthy but delicious mm-hmm. uh, uh, food options uh, but also what's going to sell here and what people in Jackson want to see. What are the favorites so far? The farmer's market is the, one of the favorites and the Mediterranean of course the refill Cuban is amazing and the thankful turkey actually with the cranberry mayo on top of it that's really really popular and i see you have a turkey chopped salad as well so that's you emily's, that's emily's favorite <laughs> that's emily's favorite don't mention it yes so emily's favorite we're trying to use some of the same ingredients um across the board to make sure that we're not being wasteful so we'll use the turkey for a salad and use it for the sandwich as well but the turkey chop is I would say the second favorite, but don't tell Emily that. (laughs) Well, I I see that a lot of these require a lot of chopping. And I'm wondering if you were teaching your members knife skills, if you let them loose with an eight or ten inch chef's knife. Well, um, I don't know if they're better at it than me. But, yes, um, we do in the kitchen. They do get chopping skills. Uh, We have immersion blenders. We don't have huge items like slicers because we don't want anybody to lose a finger or anything like that. But um, as far as with the beef, they have to also cut some of the extra excess fat off the beef before we prepare it, get in with the chopping of the chicken or steak. So they're actually preparing the meals. They're working on these stations. So they're working on the grill, and they're working at the salad station or the prep station and preparing the meals right next to our regular um, staff. And once they feel comfortable enough, they they can be let loose, and they actually have been doing a great job. Now, y'all have kept or you're bringing back a tradition from the former days of the coffee shop, the Friday forums, right? Yes. um, Had to give us a moment to get open, but as of September 20th, we brought Friday forum back. So it will be at the the Refill Cafe every Friday morning. And yes. tell our listeners what Friday Forum might look like or be or what it's how it's set up. So it's sponsored by the Coolies, uh, Tony and Doc Cooley, Jonathan Lee and Nicole McNamee. They're the same original team from Quinnia who are back um, at Refill, and they bring in some sort of uh, community leader, someone who people will be interested to hear from, ask questions to. Um, they come in at nine o'clock on Fridays, uh, give a short presentation, and then take questions from the audience. And we are slightly open for breakfast. We have fruit cup Mm -hmm. and coffee available if people are hungry at that time, too. And the Quinonia Coffee Shop was in that location for some, what, eight? Eight, ten years. Yeah, before y'all took it over. Mm -hmm. And this was, I mean, I went there on many occasions for the Friday Forum. It was a hugely popular Mm -hmm. uh, community listening group. I know they get a great wide variety of speakers Mm -hmm. to come in. How are you going to get the word out that Friday Forums are starting back up? 
Uh, so they have an email distribution list, but uh, we can also put it on our Facebook page and on our website. They also have the Saturday Morning Breakfast Club that's back, where it's just a group oh, of people yeah. who come in on Saturdays, I think, still at 9. Also, and they just get around the table and, and talk about current events, mostly local, but some national. It was so big, the first Friday forum that they had, that we actually had to start serving lunch immediately afterwards. So we do start, like, earlier on Fridays for lunch because, I mean, why go anywhere else? You're already right, there. Why, already not, there. why not get it and get the word out? And if you haven't had it and you're there at the Friday forum, go ahead and take it to lunch with you. Have Jackson State students discovered you yet? They have not, but we're right. we're looking into how to accept the Tiger card, the t- mm-hmm. I don't okay. JSU card. Yes, yes. yeah, mm-hmm. um, because we hear that once that happens, the students follow. Is that sort the of their meal, meal their, yes. their food service card yes. on campus? And once you can carry that, then they can just walk exactly. across the street. Right. Yes, yeah, so they can use it at Coke machines on campus mm-hmm. and restaurants around huh. JSU. So we need to accept it as well. But the menu looks like. Uh, things that a college student would, I mean, right. the trend toward healthy and fresh and light. I mean, this looks like, and the prices are great. Mm-hmm. Yes, it was important to us to keep the prices at a certain price point because we wanted, we knew where we were situated. We wanted to be welcoming to the community and also about what people expect to pay at lunch. All right, we're going to yeah. take a break, come back, uh, continue talking about the Refill Cafe. We're here with uh, Emily Stanfield and Sharna Shields of the Refill. And of course, Carol Puckett and I are here to take your questions, talk about recipes, suggestions, comments about the food, food industry, things that you like to cook. Right here at Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio, give us a call if you feel like it, 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 1 877 672 7464, or if you'd like to email, send it to food at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back with more Deep South Dining. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White here with Carol Puckett and our special guest in the studio on this Monday morning from the Refill Cafe, Emily Stanfield, the CEO and Ref- of Refill Jackson Initiative and Sharna Shills, who runs the cafe. She's in the food business, y'all. So uh, at the break, we were talking a little bit about the concept of the refill and how there are other uh, best practices out there. And so, uh, Emily, you were going to share a little bit about some of the other uh, concepts that are similar to what you guys are doing. Sure. So Refill Cafe is unique to Jackson, but is not a unique model. This exists around the country. Uh, there's been a big focus both at state and federal government levels and with uh, at the foundation where, where they're willing to support um, to support workforce development programs because it helps the individual, but we know that it also helps families once parents and family members are, are working and able to support their families. Uh, so we are modeled closely after Cafe Reconcile in New Orleans. Some people might be familiar with that who are listening. That's um, Emerald Lagasse's program. Yes, yes, he is very involved with that program in New Orleans. They've been around for almost 20 years now, have gone through several iterations of what they do programmatically, but it's, it's much like ours where they bring in young people, train them in the classroom and also in the restaurant setting. And they're funneled mostly to the hospitality industry because it's so booming and big in, in New Orleans. Um, and that's where, one place where we differ. But New Orleans also has Liberty's Kitchen. These exist in D.C., Baltimore, Seattle. And we're very excited to bring that national model to Jackson. 
When I was living and working in New Orleans in the seventies, mid seventies, there was a there was a concept there that uh, was similar to this. It was called the enraged chicken. Oh, <laughs> and it and it took you know it took people uh, and helped them to learn. It was primarily the hospitality industry. It was training restaurant workers, but you could go there a couple of days a week and eat, and the students would prepare meals, and it was quite quite popular. Uh, I don't know whatever became of it, but it's obvious that nobody in this I haven't heard of room it. has ever heard of the enraged <laughs> I think I would have heard chicken. of that name. Maybe we'll right. Google it and, <laughs> and see what, what comes up. Uh, but anyway, so so you you did you model after you say mostly after the New Orleans model, right? Uh, so Cafe Reconcile takes their their young people for four weeks in the classroom, four weeks in the cafe, and we expanded it to five and five here uh, just to spend some more time with them. And it's evident to us that even more time than the ten weeks would be beneficial to our young people. Um, and but yes, the same model of classroom and, they, and on the job. They train their uh, students for uh, careers outside of food service or just inside in, food service. Only inside. It's mainly inside food service. So they're a big funnel to all the hotels that are in New Orleans and restaurants there. And our goal here is is to show to teach soft skills and show how those are needed in any, in any industry. Are you unique in the fact that you're training people outside the hospitality industry I with a cafe concept? I think so because so many uh, that I have seen where they're trained in the restaurant and they're they're moved on to restaurant jobs or go on to catering or something like that. And we're really trying to push, like I said, you know, from the auto detailing, we have a, a internship set up with with area hospitals uh, because they can all see the value in working in a restaurant and how that's immediately transferable to the jobs that they have. Yeah, and I think this uh, your age group is 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 spot on eighteen twenty four. I know uh, those were some um, curious years for me. I was yes. a rather restless child, uh, <laughs> and it, I was actually twenty four when I got my first job in a restaurant washing yeah. dishes, and my life changed. Yeah, and we you mentioned back of the house earlier, and washing dishes is one of the most important jobs in a restaurant i tell people that all the time i'm like the dishwasher is the most used person like without a dishwasher there's nothing we can do we can't even have a restaurant so a lot of people always down that that's the most valued person in the restaurant and two things one is the general manager or the manager will end up washing dishes almost as much as the dishwasher (laughs) this is a fact I haven't gotten there yet, crossing my fingers, I haven't. You know, after (laughs) Katrina, that was one of the biggest problems in getting the restaurant industry back open. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were working when I was with Viking Range with a lot of the chefs down there to give them support and help them get what they needed. And what they needed more than anything were back-of-the-house mm-hmm. people. So many people had been displaced. Mm-hmm. And we worked on a program for housing uh, to try to get some of some of those people back. Right. Be- because uh, you're right, the chefs and the line cooks were doing everything, doing front-of-the-house cooking and uh, doing doing dishwashing. Mm-hmm. The other thing about dishwashing, uh, it's not probably a, a career that is uh, people are are seeking. But for me, it was it was a perfect way to be introduced to the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. There was a rhythm. Uh, there was a system that uh, you you have to abide by. Right. Uh, there's a timing issue because if the if the pots and pans and dishes and plates and silverware are not clean, you can't serve the public. So 
you know, there I was, 24 years old, didn't really have a career to speak of. I'd been in and out of college, and I got this job as a dishwasher. And then I moved quickly from dishwasher to fry cook to chef to food and beverage assistant manager, and then on to, you know, running my own I saw a lot places. of people who are shy and not very communicative. Um, do dishwash because it's not like you have to talk a lot for mm-hmm. that position or whatever. So you start there and you get the flow and the rhythm of the restaurants and then you start communicating more with people in the back of the house. And you're like, oh, okay. And then next thing you know, they got you doing fries or they got you doing prep or something like that. And then now you've opened up yourself and your confidence to know that you can do more than that. And then a lot of people start off as dishwashers and next thing you know, they own businesses. Yeah. Well, the dishwasher often, uh, I know at Hallam Mouse Street, does a lot of prep work mm-hmm. because before the restaurant opens, there's not a lot of dish washing to do right. except for the pots and pans mm-hmm. uh, as you were preparing. And so the dishwasher often is chopping salads, prepping desserts, getting, you know, plating up, making. We do that. They mm-hmm. cross train. Everybody yeah. does the same thing. So even my kitchen manager will wash, you know, dishes or she's making salads or doing prep. We're we're trained to do everybody's job just in case. You know, right. you never want to have that hole to where you feel like totally lost without it. Emily, you ever worked in a food service business? Uh, well, when I uh, was brought on to to this project, Jeff made me work at Bravo so that I'd get my feet wet. Jeff is a smart man. Yes, because <laughs> my first jobs were all in retail, which I think is kind of similar to yep. to first job in a restaurant, working with a wide variety of different kinds of people, doing different things. Uh, but restaurant is unique, and so actually that's where I met Sharna, and we were co-workers. Oh, so, I see. Yeah, Y'all were working together before the, yeah. the cafe opened. <laughs> right. Well, folks, we've run completely out of time. I hope that we have uh, triggered your curiosity about the Refill Cafe, and we hope we've made you hungry and that you'll go seeking a lunch somewhere in our great community. Our show is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributors like yourself. The show is produced by Java Chapman, and today our guests have been Emily Stanfield and Sharma Shields. I certainly enjoy that Carol and I are sitting here together rather than talking on the phone or trying some other technology. Stay tuned now for Now You're Talking with our friend Marshall Ramsey, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And join us next Monday at 9 a.m. in the morning for Deep South Dining only on MPB Think Radio. Carol, we'll see you next Monday. See you, Mal.